When I was 17, I left home to come to the US as an exchange student. This was more than two decades ago. Since then, it has been an 18-hour commute to visit my parents. As they're getting older, I realize that I have limited time left with them. So one of my goals is to move closer to them at least for a year and spend quality time with them. And when I do this, I want to take a break from my full-time job so that I can really be with them during this year. I want to do something with my parents rather than working full-time. But while I want to take a break from having a full-time job, I don't want to take a break from having an income. Because knowing myself, I know this will stress me out. My hope is I figure out a way to generate passive income so that I have the freedom and the peace of mind to spend this quality time with my parents. If you are someone who dreams of such freedom that passive income can afford, this episode is for you. In this episode, Eve Porcello talks about how content creation, something she considered as a sidetrack, ended up becoming her main gig and how this passive income helped her when she was going through a crisis in her personal life. Hi there. You are listening to Unseen Battles, a podcast that brings you behind-the-scenes stories from women leaders. This is your reminder that as you work through your career struggles, you are not alone. I'm your host, Parul Goyal. Every two weeks, I'll bring you raw, honest conversations with a successful leader about a challenge they faced and how it changed them. So, let's get to it. Eve Porcello is the co-founder of Moon Highway, a curriculum development and classroom training company. She has created courses for LinkedIn Learning and Egghead.io. Eve is also the co-author of programming books such as Learning GraphQL and Learning React from O'Reilly. Eve, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are going to tell us about a time when you had to take some time off from work for personal reasons and still support yourself. So can you tell us what happened? Sure. So let's see, about nine years ago, my husband and I moved to Tahoe. There were no jobs in Tahoe. <laughs> and so we had to create a business. So we started by doing a lot of web development consulting, got into teaching due to our proximity to the Bay Area. Uh-huh. And from there, we got into kind of creating video courses for LinkedIn Learning and Egghead and wrote a couple books for O'Reilly. And we just thought this is all kind of part of this package of being a content creator. Like, let's get our ideas out there and use creativity to, I don't know, teach people and those uh-huh. types of things. So um, that's kind of how our process started. That was a long process <laughs> and okay. one that um, I think I created. We both created our first LinkedIn courses in 2015 uh, and just kind of as time continues, you make more and more stuff. And um, yeah, this past summer, my dad passed away unexpectedly. Uh, and then when he passed away, it just became chaos. <laughs> so okay. we were cleaning out houses. We were, I don't know, I was taking care of my mom and my grandmother. And there were all these new, interesting logistical <laughs> 
hassles that I had to deal with and uh, just, yeah, also going through a grieving process. So at. So can I ask, so actually two questions when you you mentioned that you and her husband actually started a company where you were, you were web developers, right? Mm -hmm. And over time you also went into learning. Um, Did you start the online courses? Was that supposed to just get your name? Like, was it more a marketing tool for you or for your web development? A hundred percent. Yeah, we never, I think that has changed throughout time where there's this very clear career for like a content creator type person, but we didn't know any of those people at all. And we like, that didn't seem very, that seemed kind of far-fetched for us at that time. So uh, yeah, that was totally just to kind of get our name out there to uh, meet new people and also to kind of do the things that we uh, had seen other people do in a smaller scale. So like we had bought O'Reilly books and those types of things. And we thought, wouldn't that be cool to <laughs> see our name on a book or something like that? So yeah, this was all this was all totally on the side. And I never really envisioned that being our full-time gig at all so (laughs) you said in 2015 you created your first LinkedIn video over time would you say that like this became the main focus like actually that did that became most your company is is that accurate it is so that's pretty surprising to me as well because (laughs) I feel like um yeah the suit at the very beginning those courses made a couple hundred dollars a month um and then that started to replace most of our income. So during this time, we were teaching through a lot of other companies. So a company would call us up uh, who made, I don't know, some sort of a deal with like eBay or PayPal or something like that. And they would send us out to teach a class one day uh, or two days or three days or whatever. So we'd drive down to the Bay Area and we would teach those classes. Um, And then as time went on, the LinkedIn learning uh, revenue started to surpass what we could make with that. And so that really kind of shifted our thinking as well about what we could do. And a a lot of that work for other training companies was very dependent on what it was very dependent on like what courses people wanted us to teach at that time maybe demand would change so some months would be very light on the I number see. of classes we were teaching some we would be super busy so there wasn't a lot of consistency there i see so you started with actually you're you know as web developers then you said oh let's yeah. do this side thing of teaching which was actually in-person teaching right. then you started doing videos and eventually yeah. like videos is how you started like most of you know getting most of your income like not even in-person classes videos yeah yeah very very unique uh and we yeah. that's not something that we planned for or expected at all so okay so then things were going well and then you had like this, this, you know, this, these challenges in your personal life, you said your dad passed away unexpectedly, not yeah. something that you had really had time to plan for, or, you know, you kind of saw it coming. Yeah. And I think um, during that time, it was very, it felt a lot more relaxing than I would imagine if that had happened maybe two or three years earlier, where, um, where we'd be very concerned about getting to the class in person or, 
finishing up a contract of some sort. So, um, so yeah, it was just a lot of people talk about this content creation, this passive income thing as a great way to travel or take time off to learn piano. Or, yeah, I don't know what yeah. people do or go to Italy and learn to make pasta or whatever they want to do. I think that's really cool. And that is totally true. But for me, it was like this chaotic thing happened. And that income was there to support me during that time. And I just didn't have to, didn't have to be as worried about it. And I knew that I could get back to it eventually. For you, like one less major thing for you to yeah, worry about, which is where is your sure. paycheck coming yeah. from? Okay. Okay. And how did your days change? So, you know, you kind of, you and your husband were creating these videos, kind of mm-hmm. generating content to stay on top of what the, the market wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and then you just couldn't anymore because you had this chaos going on in your life. How did your days change during that period? And for how long? Well, <laughs> this is like turning into therapy. I feel like <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it changed things really drastically for about a month. I was okay. just not working at all during that time. I couldn't do anything. Yeah, And then this happened maybe nine months ago when all this started. I'm kind of just starting to get back to 100%. I think it's been a very slow build because there have been a lot of <laughs> a lot of things competing for attention, uh, just kind of getting my family settled into new situations after everything that's gone on. But but yeah, I haven't felt super stressed <laughs> and that's been really nice. I mean, let me say that differently. I haven't been stressed by work. Yeah. I've been stressed by my family, but uh, it's been nice to be able to rely on the work I did a long time ago or a year ago uh, to take care of me now. Yeah. And then going forward, Eve, now that you have you have uh, experienced firsthand the freedom that comes with, you know, with content that sells in the market, like, does that change your your future plans or career trajectory at all? I think it does. I think that I think our main goal moving forward, because this has been something that's worked really well for us is to create some, and this is sort of secret stuff I'm telling you, but um, (laughs) uh, we're going to try to be more active in creating tools for other people to create their own content and have more freedom. I think with COVID, everyone has sort of found out that um, work is a little different than it used to be. And I think um, there's a lot of people who have interest in reimagining what their career looks like, and maybe that's creating content or teaching other people. So that's kind of where I see the next kind of five to 10 years is how do we figure out how to help other people do what we've done and just kind of go in that direction a little bit. So, yeah. I I think there are two situations, right? There are people where, like what happened to you, right? You just weren't in a place where you could work. There are also people who do don't really want to work until they're 65. And generating passive income seems like a great way to retire early. Yeah. So what advice would you have for somebody who kind of wants to do this, but doesn't really know how to get started? Yeah, I would say... um, (laughs) all of my advice is sort of questionable because (laughs) I'm 
feel like I've done everything out of order. Uh We started our blog after we wrote books and we, I don't know, created videos all in a strange order. But I think, um, (laughs) I think the point of me saying that is that you can get started anywhere. So any sort of knowledge that you have picked up about Mm -hmm. any topic um, Mm -hmm. is something that people probably want to learn. So I think that's really important to just get started somewhere, whether that's a blog, maybe it's creating videos. I don't think there's one way to do it. There'll be uh, different I don't know. You'll get better at it over time. That's what happened to me. I used to take forever to do everything and I wasn't really sure what I was doing. But now throughout time, that has become more comfortable and a little bit easier. Um, I'd also say specialization. So really focusing on React at the beginning of our journey creating content was important. And then we kind of went into GraphQL through that community, everybody at the React conferences were talking about React or GraphQL. And yeah, I feel like that specialization has made it such that people associate us with that type of content. And it's, we're not trying to teach everything, um, which yeah. I think was a mistake that we made at the beginning. Uh, tightening up the circle of what we really want to talk about and specialize in is really important for others who are learning. When you first started uh, creating content, uh, Eve, and you know, this is something I have experienced. This is something that Shruti also talked about is having this, this internal barrier that like, am I really an expert? There might be people who know so much more. Is that something that you felt? Yeah, that's definitely something I felt. Um, And I still do to a degree, I think. (laughs) Um, I think there's always a piece, a voice in the back of your head that's like, who am I to talk about this? But I think there's so many different people who are out there learning to code or really learn. They're hungry for learning anything. And maybe some person who watches my video they don't like it they don't connect to it and they move on but there's other people who are like I finally understand that thing for the first time so there's going to be a way that you present the content that's different than anyone else and you shouldn't hesitate to talk about it even if it may not be for everybody but it's going to be for somebody Uh, so in this process of for you creating content um, how important is feedback to you? Like, do you look at the comments of your audiences to then decide what to focus on next? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I'm telling you, a lot of this is for myself at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be tough. Um, I haven't really done a whole lot of content that's on like YouTube, which I feel like that's a big magnet for comments. Our blog doesn't have comments on it either. So most of the feedback that we get is through reviews for our videos and our books and things like that. And I would say I get a bunch of reviews all the time. So taking those taking that feedback in can be kind of tough because it's not always Uh, It's not always positive, but I feel like it's good to take in people's feedback, people's ideas for what to cover. And then, yeah, that's really helped us to 
tighten up our message, tighten up the content that we're trying to teach. I think we do still teach a ton of workshops. So um, I I feel like (laughs) whenever I'm teaching a workshop, I am harassing people during the entire workshop to keep giving us feedback because we are not going to know unless you ask and solicit feedback from people. And uh, yeah, I think it's really important to do that. And that's helped us out tremendously. So the workshops that you treat uh, or that you teach are also a way for you to try out your content, whether it's resonating, whether it's helping, Mm -hmm. like, is, is it clear before you make videos? Yeah, absolutely. We just did a new JavaScript course for PayPal that is basically the JavaScript class that gets everybody ready for the React and the Node class and uh, starts people off on the right foot. So yeah, that's been extremely helpful, getting it in front of people and bugging people to fill out evaluations possibly too often, which I I don't, (laughs) there's never too much feedback on that stuff. So yeah, really anything that we record on video has probably been taught live at least four or five times and possibly way more. (laughs) So um, it's good to have that so that because if you're in a class and something isn't quite right, you can tweak mm-hmm. it in real time. If it's in a video, that's committed to video forever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's helpful to get that in there. Oh, I was just going to ask, you touched upon this a little bit, like not all reviews are glowing reviews, right? Because you, sometimes your style, your content resonates with someone, sometimes it doesn't. Sure. And I know I have sometimes held myself back because of this fear of a negative reaction, right? What if somebody is mean to me? Also, that hasn't happened so far. Like, have you come across that where like somebody, you did get a negative comment and then how did you overcome it? Well, first of all, I think (laughs) when we started talking, when Alex, my husband and I, I should say Alex Banks is my husband. We work together. I never, (laughs) (laughs) that's the royal we that I keep referring to. Um, So When we started speaking at conferences and creating videos and writing books and things like that, we assumed everyone would hate everything we did and that we would just be constantly like we wouldn't be able to leave our house because everyone would be (laughs) yelling at us about how bad our content was. And we really haven't had those experiences. We haven't gone to speak at a conference and people are, I don't know, mad at us for what what we've done yeah it was you I hate I hated everything (laughs) but um but yeah you'll get um some comments and things like that on uh videos and maybe somebody took your course and it wasn't for them so I think kind of for me and I'm not always the best at this trying to Mm -hmm. I get so emotionally attached to the courses I'm making because they take so much time but realistically it's not about me it's about the student who's taking the class so I think um, taking in the feedback if there's anything personal or stuff you can't control you can just try to separate yourself from that and boil down the nuggets of useful information out of a negative review, because maybe it's something you can improve on next time. Uh, You know, so you mentioned what helped was the passive income, Eve. Uh, And there are a lot of content creators who, I think when you started from 2015 to now, I think the number of content creators, at least what I see on LinkedIn has gone up drastically. Yeah. How, like, do you have any tips on how to go about monetizing? your content? 
pretty much the main ways to go are to work through another company, um, which would mean submitting your content to LinkedIn Learning or O'Reilly or... Uh, there's so many different platforms, Tree, Skillshare, Treehouse, there's Udemy, Udacity, all these other places. So um, that's a good way to get started is to work through other companies. Um, that has worked really nicely for us because we kind of, <laughs> people trust us a little more than just a couple of random people in their house in Tahoe making videos. Uh if they see it on a platform that's already established. So that's the route we went. We went through mm-hmm. other creators and now more often than not, we're uh, teaching through other platforms, but we do our own workshops through our company, Moon Highway and things like that. Um, there's also the route of the kind of entrepreneur, solo creator type thing where you are responsible for creating your own products and launching Mm -hmm. those without the help of a different platform. So that's something that a lot of people have done to great effect. Like uh, you see Tailwind and Adam Wathan and uh, the other folks who wrote the Refactoring UI book. It's this book about CSS. It's a really great book. Mm -hmm. They built a huge audience and then released their product to that audience. Um, We didn't have that audience when we started out and we still kind of, to be honest, don't have as big of an audience as that. So having other folks to help with marketing and branding and I don't know, hosting your videos and things like that can be really useful and a good way to get started without having to architect a million dollar streaming platform or something like that. Yeah. My husband, like I told you when we were talking earlier, he's somebody who's very interested in this idea of passive income. And he was talking about, I think he read it somewhere that you need hundred people who will buy Mm -hmm. anything you have to offer yeah. like any any product that you build because they just uh, really trust in you and this what you bring to the table right yeah. so i think and i think that's what you're talking about you bring a strong bla- brand where mm-hmm. you find people who get value out of it and then they will be willing to pay for what you have to offer yeah absolutely um i would just put in a small plug a class i'm taking right now is called 30 by 500 um and it's a it's a whole course that you can take to launch a product. So it takes you through the process of like defining your audience and basically you figure out from your potential audience what they would want to buy before you make the product, which is kind of different than (laughs) a lot of people's brains, how my brain works, where I'm like, I have a great idea. I'm going to launch this awesome idea and then no one's there to buy it. Right. With this, they kind of teach you how to find your audience first, build the thing that they would like the most and then launch it to them. So that's sort of shifting my thinking on that stuff. And I'm early on in the process, so (laughs) I'm not an expert, but it's something that I think is kind of cool. And it's called 30 by 500. Yeah. So you were talking about your husband. It makes me think about that. So they're saying that a software engineer might make 180000 a year. If you have 30 or wait, 500 people spending $30 a month, then you oh. can replace your income. So I always get those numbers wrong, but I think that's, I did it right. I think for the first time. people so. spending $30. Interesting. Yeah, I see. times yeah. 12. So yeah, kind of cool. 
Yeah, that is a great idea. So, Eve, if our uh, audience want to know more about you, connect with you, find out about the classes and the content that you offer, uh, how can they do so? Sure. Uh, you can find me. My name is sort of strange. So Eve Porcello on all the platforms. Um, you also can go to moonhighway.com where we have all of our links to our courses as well as our blogs. Thank you. And I'll make sure I'll include this information in the episode notes. I will also include 30 by 500 uh, because yeah. it sounds like it's a great way to get started. If this is something passive income is something that you are beginning to think about. Totally. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. There's a lot of very successful folks who have graduated from their program. So it's cool stuff. (laughs) Thank you, Eve, for uh, sharing your unseen battle with us. Thank you so much. It was a great time to be here. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Also, help me spread the word by sharing the episode with a friend you think would like it.